Welcome to Wellness Spring. Today, I'm truly blessed to be with an incredible soul, Nathan Siles, an amazing advocate for health and well-being. He is legally blind and has been since he was nine months old due to a rare type of juvenile cancer. Despite his challenges, Nathan excelled in high school in health and finances and also university graduating with a Bachelor of Commerce degree and Diploma of Health. At 24 years old, Nathan was diagnosed with cancer for a second time. He subsequently underwent surgery, chemo, along with naturopathic and herbal approaches. His health journey then became his number one priority at that point and he studied with the world's best scientists in their field. He's also a published author and Reiki and Sashim practitioner. In 2018, Nathan founded It's Now You as a community based around foundational health principles, sharing strategies, educating and empowering health conscious individuals families and communities all over the world to become their healthiest and happiest selves. Welcome to Wellness Spring, dear Nathan. As mentioned earlier, I'm in awe of your greatness. Do you want to tell us about your story? And because it's so incredible, your health journey, because you're helping so many people, millions around the world with your programs. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Beverly. It's uh, it's really great to to connect, and we've wanted to do this for a little bit of time, so it's it's nice to connect. Um, I I started life a bit behind the eight ball, and that made it a bit challenging to, uh, you know, keep up with everyone else and live a normal life, so to speak. Um, but that sort of uh, you know, high achieving mindset of mine was always there, based on me struggling with the adversity ever since I was really young and I, I was the light of the family. I always played and had fun and um, I didn't know any different, like you said, with uh, my way of experiencing the world. So when I was diagnosed at nine months of age and went through a month of radiation therapy, um, including a month of general anesthetics and pretty uh, crazy treatment for a small little one, um, I ended up uh, surviving and keeping about 10% of my functional retina uh, on both eyes and sort of patchy retina. So my brain has to compensate and fill in the, the picture quite uniquely, um, which makes me use up a bit more energy. So hence me being in the sun to get the best of me, getting a huge amount of energy now. So um, when I was really young, I, I uh, you know, went to school, I had special classes, special teachers, touch typing classes, Braille. I read the first Harry Potter book in Braille by the time I was eight, um, you know, all these types of things. And then uh, I, I excelled at sport and music. And the reason why is because I had an exceptional brother who two years older than me, fully functional, very capable. And he inspired me to be, uh, you know, very, very capable in all the ways. So I had a, a pretty close role model who was um, always pushing me. So I ended up um, going through uh, primary school and high school, becoming a state soccer player for Victoria in Australia, and then a state swimmer. Um, and then invited to the Paralympics to swim. Um, unfortunately, I got into Melbourne University where I studied a Bachelor of Commerce degree 
uh, and I had to choose between the Paralympics and that because the time commitment was too intense for me. So I ended up choosing the commerce degree. So I finished that and then I went to work in investment banking. Um, so top of the top in finance and I wanted to get to London or New York. Um, and eventually after three years, I got to, to the promotion to go to London. And just as I was packing my bags about two weeks before, I went and did a full physical exam and found out that I was diagnosed with testicular cancer. So that put a dampener on the trip and um, cancelled that and spent a year going through surgery, chemo and treatment. Um, and during that process, uh, through 2016, it was pretty intense. I was 24 years old. Um, my eyelashes fell out. So, you know, I was looking at myself and very pale, skinny, um, just not healthy. And I, I realized there was a better way. There had to be a better way. So I started searching around and followed Ty Bollinger's Truth About Cancer and looked at what chemo was doing to me and found all the natural healing remedies and naturopathic remedies for cancer. And eventually that became my mission where I, I just started to figure out how I could reverse the cancer during the treatment and then also how I could um, cope with the chemo damage uh, and the surgery and scarring and everything else that was going on. So um, I knew it was a problem when I, I took the chemo within the first week, I was urinating on a plant in the backyard. The next day the plant was dead. So I thought, okay, this is going through me. I got to really help myself. So I, um, I eventually found uh, my mentor, Dr. Jack Cruz, who's a biophysics neuroscientist and neurosurgeon in the US. And I started following him uh, online and subscribed to his blogs and podcasts and webinars and private communities and had private calls and consults. And I didn't understand anything he was saying initially. Um, and then I became an expert uh, because I knew that it meant something amazing. So through him, I, I went around the world and I um, started getting connected with a lot of the world experts in mitochondrial medicine, biophysics, um, the way light interacts with water, so aquaphotonics. Um, and these places, I, I started going to Germany and the US and um, meeting all these experts. And, uh, you know, guys like Nick Lane, Gerald Pollock, who we both know, um, Alexander Wunsch in Germany, um, and Diedrich Klinghart in Seattle as well. So these guys were all inspirations for me to get on my natural natural health journey um, and then eventually uh, get myself so well uh, that I was able to have capacity to um, help people and completely change the trajectory of my life from banking through to helping humanity with their health. Oh, my God, it's such an incredible story. And I didn't know that you were a state swimmer, um, sports person and everything else like that. And I guess it would have been a difficult choice for you as well to make um, because um, you obviously love sports and have that in your blood as well. And um, yeah, and your brother, it's, I think it's so important to have someone who is your backbone, who inspires you and do lovely things. And it's great that you were so motivated to do the research for yourself. Like you said, the plant died and you thought, oh, my God, what, what's it doing to my body? I've got to find something else. And then you met incredible doctors and um, obviously our communal friend who I'm so grateful for, Dr. Gerald Pollack. You know, he's um, a wonderful friend and he introduced us and um, he's doing amazing work with water 
um, to research is water consciousness. And I'm actually going to be doing an interview with someone who lives in your area, because you mentioned you're in the Gold Coast, but um, with Jasmaheen, the breatharian, who's living mm -hmm. on the Sunshine Coast. So it's going to be interesting to see what those two are like. And maybe I'll be able to get you in with them as well, because um, all these different incredible minds together. And um, yeah, so tell me about the water, because I'm fascinated about water. And that's how Jerry and I had a good connection. Sure. Yeah, look, water, what it really is, is it's the stage that life dances on. So water is the foundation of the living system whether that be plants, animals, humans, anyone uh, on earth. And it is the, the battery, the memory capturing material uh, and the infinitely adaptive substance that captures energy in the form of light, sound, consciousness, vibration, frequency, all those things, magnetic flux, electric fields, all those things. Water captures it and then structures in a particular way and then allows proteins and structure, physical things we can touch that we perceive as matter uh, to be structured in a particular way. So water is the programming, it's the battery, it's the energy capturing device, it's everything that we use to fuel all of the things that we can now see and touch and feel. Wow, it's amazing because a lot of people don't even drink a glass of water and um yeah our body as you mentioned everything in life has got water inside it and this lovely life force energy so what what type of water do you recommend drinking well it's a good question beverly because i have to take it back one step and i have to say that um, we actually make water inside our body as part of oxidative phosphorylation in the mitochondria so a part of the energy generation process is making water. Now you'll see that in biology textbooks as a byproduct, and yeah. it's not really a byproduct. The the reason, you know, ATP. Once you look into adenosine triphosphate, the energy molecule that our mitochondria make, you realize that that's not actually foundational for the body. It's really the water that's the most foundational for the entire living system. So, what I like to do is say you should it should be flipped in these textbooks and it should be ATP or energy is a byproduct of water metabolism in the body. Now, the fascinating part about this is that the mitochondria, our colony of mitochondria, these little organelles inside every one of our cells, uh, most of our cells, most of our cells, not red blood cells, but some, most of them. Yeah. And these mitochondria, they make 7,200 liters of water per day in a 70 kilogram person. That oh my that goodness, that's huge. That's right. So we make way more water than we drink. So if you lose 1% hydration, your ability to make that much water, you've already lost 15 days worth of water that you can drink. So just to clarify a little bit, I always like to focus a bit more on how much water we're making and why we're not making enough water rather than what type of water we're drinking. That's secondary. So yeah. the best ways to make water to make sure that 7,200 liters is functioning properly is to be connected to the earth, to connect it to the sun in a natural magnetic field with no radio frequency, electric or magnetic fields that are artificial around you. 
with no artificial light, with no breathing in of toxic things in the air, no glyphosate in food, no fluoride or chlorine in the water. And when you mitigate all of those particular things, then your mitochondria are able to recombine that hydrogen and oxygen and make enough water. Once you do that, then we can focus on what type of water to drink, whether it's spring water, local, unfluorinated, filtered, whatever it is. So that's sort of my approach. Right. Wow, that's wonderful. And because um, you mentioned you needed vitamin D in the sun and globally the weather climate is changing, what about people who are not living in sunny conditions? Well, the, the amazing part of the solar spectrum is that it's a mixture of colors. So 51% of the sun is always red and infrared light. So that amount of sunlight, no matter where you go on the planet, is the light that's foundational for, like our friend Jerry says, for charge yeah. separating water into its exclusion zone so it can hold that charge, carry the electric battery around the body. So that's the most important light for everyone to get. Now that's available wherever you are in the world, whatever altitude, latitude, in whatever climate, with whatever cloud cover, doesn't matter. It's always there. There's no excuse to not get outside. Once you have that, then you realize that the clouds, they block a little bit of the green and the blue and a lot of the ultraviolet. So if you want more than just an average life, you have to start getting that natural green, blue and ultraviolet. So that's where the challenge is. How do you get especially that strong ultraviolet in the sun, which makes up only between four and six percent of sunlight? So the way to get that is one, you can change your latitude so you get it. You can get ultraviolet light from a 34 latitude north or south uh anywhere in the world uh, any across the globe anywhere in that 34 plus or minus you can get that all year round you can get uv if you're above that so you're in the uk or you're in canada you're in north part of the us that's where you have to be opportunistic with your light so that that time during summer over the three months or whatever it is you need to be out there with your skin in the game so you're capturing as much as possible to be able to last you through the winter. Now, how do you last through the winter? Well, just like food, right? You freeze it. So in the wintertime, we're designed to get cold. That helps us preserve the light we've captured during the summertime. So the problem with the world at the moment is one, they're afraid of the sun, so they're not capturing light. And two, no one experiences a true winter because they go inside with climate control, with big clothes on, they cover their eyes with, with sunglasses, they cover their skin with clothing. And so no one experiences the light or the cold. So everyone is light deficient. So we've become energy efficient with our lighting indoors, but we've also become energy deficient because of that. Right. That's interesting. And um, also, as you mentioned, you know, people are putting clothes on, but here in Australia, they're slapping loads of um, sunscreen on. You know, so your skin can't can't even breathe, let alone um, receive the sun's rays. And I know that um, you talked about latitude. You moved from Melbourne to the Gold Coast, and I know you see a lot of clients in the um, in the states as well and globally. So you're a global traveler. So um, people will often say, "Oh, yeah, it's." For me, it's all right for you. You can go out, you can travel, but everybody has the same opportunity. And I know um, you, you agree with that. What would you say to people who are very negative about everything? Well, the question about that is that how much 
you know, what, what's their health status at the moment? If they're struggling with a chronic disease, if they're struggling with pre-diabetes, a, a down-regulated thyroid, they have a little bit more weight than they would like, uh, their metabolism's not optimal, their resistance to pain is very minimal, uh, they have headaches, they experience dehydration regularly, they're not sleeping well. Um, if they have any of those types of things, then they need to try and figure out how they can maximize their choices in their current environment to be able to support their, their health, their cellular health. So they can make better choices and that'll get them so far. But the saying I like to say is you can only get as well as you can in an environment that uh, it, you can only, you can only, you can't get well in an environment in which you became sick. So making those same choices in that same environment, you get what you get. But if you decide to change it up and you decide to mix it up, so let's say taking a holiday during the winter time to somewhere a bit warmer, that can make all the difference for you. And it doesn't have to be a big thing. You can get in the car and drive a thousand kilometers, 500 miles somewhere, go to the top of the mountain. That's a big hack. doesn't matter where you are in the UK or in Scotland or in Canada, if you go above 1,500 meters uh, above sea level, you can get UVB, huge amounts of UVB all year round, even in the wintertime. So you can use altitude as your effect. But uh, for people who say that they, they're not willing to move because they've got a job, they've got kids, they've got all these types of things, my, my job is not to help you with uh, personal management. My job is to say and give you an idea of how serious the health situation is in your life. So for me, what I do is I try to give you as many strategies as possible in your current environment so that you can hack that and be the best you can there. Otherwise, you need to start changing it up. And by changing it up, I mean, take a little holiday or consider being a snowbird. What the birds do, they migrate with the seasons. That's exactly what we're designed to do as well. So it's how much is your health struggling? What is your cost? Do you want to keep getting the same result? Do you want to sleep average, have terrible sex hormones? Do you want to have an under-regulated thyroid? Do you want to not be achieving your potential? Unfortunately, that's a hard fact that a lot of people have to face. But if they dig deep within themselves, they can make moves for greatness very affordably and very cheaply. So just to give you an idea, one of the things I did when I moved firstly up to Queensland from Melbourne, it was costing me a lot. So I moved to Mexico and I moved there and I halved my expenses and I doubled my sunlight because I was within the 20s. So I was at a 16 latitude. So I got a huge amount of sunlight and it didn't cost me much to just get up, eat some canned sardines in the morning, watch sunrise on the beach, turn on my computer and do a little bit of work consulting and then go to sleep right after sunset and do that for a year and a half. And I did that for a year and a half. I fixed almost every single thing in my entire body. It didn't cost me very much money and I came back to Australia. So, you know, I was lucky. I was single. I didn't have dependents, but it's an inspiration for you to go, you may only have to do it for three months or four months, and then you can you can come back and be your greatest potential. So it's up to up to you what you want to do, you know. Wow, that's incredible. And um, can you talk us through your daily routine and especially about food, because a lot of people are talking about pesticides in food at the moment. Yeah, I mean, food food has completely changed from where it was 60 years ago, just like water has, just like our electromagnetic environment has. So to speak specifically to food, just to give people understanding, it's more important when and where you eat than what you're actually eating. So you'll have a lot of dietitians and food gurus and nutritionists tell you it's really important to eat A, X, Y, Z, A, B, C, 
do this detox, do that, do that. That's not the way I roll. I tell you that it's way more important at what times you eat, which is where I'll get into my schedule and what I recommend for all my clients. And then where you're eating is really important to program your gut so that you're able to actually absorb and assimilate the nutrients in the best way. Way more important than what you're actually eating. So that's why I don't actually change food in my clients first. That's probably fifth or sixth down on the list after they make all the other changes. So they keep eating their KFC, they keep eating all those things, and they actually already see improvements. And then they change that later and they see even bigger improvements. And the reason why is because food is light in cold storage. So you're getting a light signal in your gut when you eat the food. So your body unpacks the food, extracts the light. It tells your body what time it is, what location that food came from. And then your body decides to either assimilate it or not. And if it's in the right season, if it's local, it's fresh, it's wild caught, or it's organic, or if it's grass fed, then it's going to go in and it's going to be well assimilated. So the best way to deal with all the, all the other things is to ignore, to, to be as natural as you can. So making sure you do organic whenever you can making sure you go to your farmer's market, find out what's local, seasonal. But in terms of the small little things like, you know, the spraying and the chemicals in the air or insecticides, things like that, it's a much smaller concern than most people think. And when you're more unhealthy, it will affect you more. So the more light you load into your system, into your water in the body, the, the less you will care about any, the less these things will impact you, you know. So the structure of what I recommend for most people and what I do for today anyway, is waking up at sunrise, that's your first light. Your phone, your lamp, your bedside lamp, any of those lights, they should not be your sunrise. Your sunrise should be natural light, not behind a window, not behind contact lenses, but out, outside, even if you can't see it, stand anywhere you can touch the earth with your bare feet, even if it's dirt, concrete, whatever it is, and face east and take a few nice deep breaths through your nose. That's the first thing I do in the morning. The second thing I do is I start making breakfast. Now, I have an outdoor kitchen, so I can cook and prepare breakfast outdoors. So that way I can already start allowing the pre-digestion to happen while I'm also assimilating my body and allowing the circadian timing to prepare my gut for, for the day. So initially what we do is we have a ghrelin spike, which, which uh, happens post-cortisol spike when we wake up. That ghrelin spike boosts appetite. So we're designed to break fast, break fast breakfast, we're designed to do that in the morning. Anyone who skips breakfast and says it's a longevity strategy for fasting and skipping that, you're messing up your circadian rhythm. And if you do it long enough, you'll add on a huge amount of weight to your body. So um, eating breakfast is super important. That's within the first hour. And then you do your cognitive stuff all the way till midday. So anything that involves the brain, cognition, you do that. Make sure you get a little bit of vitamin D during the middle part of the day. 15 minutes on front and back. If you've got Fitzpatrick type one skin, very pale skin, red hair, you may only need five minutes because you absorb it a lot faster. If you're dark and you're African, African descent, and you have very melanated skin, then you're going to need a lot more sun. So you could probably hang out in the sun for an hour during that midday portion just to get enough vitamin D. So then you do in the afternoon, you do your physical exercise. That's when your body's optimized for physical muscle performance, uh, grip strength, uh, cardiovascular output, blood pressure raising. All of that is at its highest between 2 and 5 p.m. That means before sunset. So that's when you do any type of physical strenuous exercise. And then as sunset goes on, you watch the sunset as much as you can, even if you're just seeing the indirect light behind a cloud or a hill or a tree. And then you go and put your blue blockers on, you put your red lights on in your house, and then you get ready to wind down and you go to bed.
Wow, that's an incredible journey. So it's great you're following the natural rhythms of the clock um, with the nature, watching the sun set, rise and sunset and so forth. It was interesting you said about red hair because I grew up in Wales. Um, my partner's Australian, but he's red hair and pale, but he can stay in the sun a lot longer than I can. And I've got a few dark-skinned um, friends from Africa and different countries, and they burn so quickly, which I was really surprised. I just assumed oh, they've got the dark skin um, because nature will tell us, you know, it's dark because you, you're living in the hot environments. But I guess everybody is a case-to-case, case, you know, individuals. That's, that's right, but it's an interesting point you brought up. So that most, most listeners will go away and go, well, yeah, I burn very easily or mm, I don't burn that easily. And the reason is because we have two layers of protection in the body. The first one is melanin. Now there's two types yeah. of melanin, one theomelanin and one's eumelanin. The eumelanin is the dark pigment. Theomelanin is the yellowy reddish pigment. They both shield our, our DNA from damage from ultraviolet light by 99.9% .9 efficiency. So the more of that we have, the less DNA damage we get and hence why it's a natural process in the body and why we want to build it up. Now, melanin is also how we detox heavy metals, by the way, but that's for another, another um, talk. But, uh, and then the first, the first layer that actually goes on our skin is called a filigrin layer, F-I-L-A-G-G-R-I-N. Now, filigrin is built from infrared light on our surfaces. So that's our first layer of protection that we use to actually, what I call it, my solar callus. So it's a solar callus we build up that's invisible on the skin surface that allows us to absorb more UV light without burning as well. So we don't actually have to be melanated in order to resist UV light from burning. So this is where we have two layers and really important, the more three at first three hours of the day you see on your skin, the more filigrin you'll build up and therefore the more ultraviolet you'll be able to handle. And it's not just handling, we want ultraviolet. We have ultraviolet photoreceptors in our eyes. We have melanin on our retinas. So we're designed to get UV light through our eyes. We're designed to capture it. And the reason why is because we make dopamine, melatonin, serotonin, thyroid hormone. We make all of that from that UV light interaction through our eyes. That's great. So all of those are like happy hormones. And, you know, we all need a good mood booster every day just to um, kick starters. And um, yeah, I didn't realize it was in the eyes because so many people obviously on TV here, it's like, you know, protect your eyes, wear the different sunglasses and slip, slap, slop, et cetera. Um, so what about the moon? Cause you haven't mentioned the moon. You said you go to bed at, you start winding down after sun, sunset. Yep. What are your thoughts on the moon? Yeah, look, the moon reflects all of the sun spectrum, but the biggest yeah. light frequency that it reflects is the blue because just like the sky is blue, the yeah. blue light photons scatter more than all the rest of the photons. So we actually, even though it's reflecting the full spectrum of the sun, it's actually scattering much more blue light. So we have blue light exposure from the moon. Now, that's a native blue light exposure. So we are, have somewhat adapted to it, just like we have having fire or red light after sunset. So there is a minor adaption to that. But you will notice that people, that the word lunatic 
just like the word Monday, Luna, uh, Lunes in Spanish, and all of that comes from Luna. So these this blue light frequency actually makes the eye hypoxic, releases more dopamine, and so therefore the body turns into a more dopaminergic system, which can make people act crazy during full moons. It's a subtle effect, but now it's happening much more with just artificial lighting because we've created our own indoor moon in our kitchens while we're cooking dinner. Um, which you should never eat after sunset, by the way, because remember, it's a light signal going in the gut after sunset. It's no, no. Um, so the moon, ideally, we want to sleep in complete darkness, blackout blinds, as, as dark as humanly possible, and then um, be woken up by first light. Now, sometimes that's tricky with street lights and other things, because that can simulate the moon and all those types of things. So wearing an eye mask, um, you know, covering yourself up, because, you know, there's been studies that have shown even just one small little uh, green LED on the back of a knee can wake someone up in the middle of the night. So our skin is photoreceptive too, and it pays attention to the light. So um, yeah, making sure we have as little light at nighttime as possible. And hence, I wear my blue blockers when I'm outside at nighttime and the moon's out fully. Um, so they're another essential thing to, to do, just to be aware of. It's, it's subtle, but it's important. Wow, that's um, very interesting because my partner laughs at me because I had an injury on my eye when I was younger. And the doctors told me, you know, you're very light sensitive. Make sure you wear your sunglasses, better for you in the dark. And obviously, I know I can see you nodding, but obviously that's stuck in your brain because they run all these programs. So now I, I cannot sleep in the light and I wear the eye mask to bed. And, you know, if there's a tiny bit of light or because we're in our camper van, we've got lights everywhere. And I'm like, no, it's still like a bright room. I have to wear my mask. And I like to put the blankets over my head as well. So I can't wait to tell him. <laughs> so That's good. And, and you know what, Beverly, as well, just to note on that, there's there's the yeah. invisible light that not a lot of people talk about. So, you know, to give you an idea of where you know, these, this invisible light came from in nature, not infrared and ultraviolet, but beyond that. So the cosmic and gamma rays, they come through during those northern and southern light shows. So yeah. um, actually cosmic and gamma, gamma ray expo exposure that happens naturally, but it's very, very short-lived, very low dose. Same as x-rays. So we actually get x-rays from watching a lightning storm. So if you ever want to get a free x-ray without the image, just watch a lightning lightning storm. Um, so I wouldn't recommend that. Uh, there's also radio frequency radiation we occasionally get from electric storms and things in nature as well. So, but these are all very low dose and, uh, and not very big. Now we've created our own, uh, non-native electromagnetic radiation for our communication purposes and technology use. Now this is like excessive radio frequency pulsing the body, which actually dehydrates the body. So remember when we're born 80, 80% water. When we die, we're about 55% water. So death is dehydration to bring it back to water. So if you want to get more dehydrated, you keep a Wi-Fi router on, you keep your phone in your bedroom, you keep a wireless Bluetooth speaker next to you when you do your yoga. You do all you wear normal AirPod earphones that have a Bluetooth connection pulsing your head right on each ear. All those things dehydrate the body. So reduce your ability to capture light and reduce your ability to synthesize hormones and put you into a beautiful deep rest. So it's really important that people understand that it's also the invisible light that is causing massive health issues. So 
mitigating that will keep you hydrated, keep your mitochondria making good amounts of water so you can use the light to regenerate while you sleep in darkness. Oh, that's brilliant information. Thank you. And um, who or what is your typical client and, you know, what would be a average, maybe I'm guessing they're going to be tailor-made, you know, a consultation with you and so forth so people can get a better understanding of how they can improve their life with you. Sure. So um, I, I now work a lot with professional athletes. So I've sort of created a bit of a niche there and I'm phasing out a lot of the chronic disease patients I've been working with, um, mostly because they're getting better and I don't need them. So it was, yeah. they need me. So it was much more of a demand of, I, I just had actually yesterday, I just had a client send me his uh, one year ultrasound of his testicular cancer and it's completely gone. So just from using a bit of nature, going to the beach, sunrise, eating at the right times, going to bed in darkness. And he did that for four months and reversed his testicular cancer. So, you know, there's, there's people like that that are, that are doing all these types of things, you know, things like uh, thyroid conditions, um, adrenal fatigue, um, you know, chemical sensitivities, uh, you know, insomnia, stuff like that. It's much easier to fix. So those ones usually drop off. You know, I usually do two or three consults and then they're fixed. Um, you know, if they're willing to put in the effort and make sure they make the right changes. Um, but that's why now I'm, I'm moving into more the um, human optimization side of things. So uh, I much more enjoy working with people who, uh, because I'm such an in-depth and very detailed uh, a person who, who knows a lot of the quantum biology and a lot of the details, subatomic movements in the body, I much more prefer to work with people who have worked with people in the past, a naturopath or an acupuncturist or you know, someone in the in the biophysics space or bioenergetics, they've heard of mitochondria, they know that it makes water, then we can go and take it to the next level. And that's where I feel like I'm slotting in at the moment. So um, yes, unbelievable amounts of compassion for me, a two-time two cancer survivor. That's always my niche and I always have a soft spot for anyone who's struggling with that. Um, but I much prefer to, you know, take take what I've said in this podcast, see what you can implement, see how much it moves the needle, test your bloods, test your sleep scores with your aura ring when it's on what airplane mode and start doing all those types of things. And then if you want to go and, and explore it a bit further, then you can come and reach out. And um, that would be the best way to maximize your time. Fabulous. And um, if there is one thing you could do to change the world, what would it be? Make indoor lighting safe for humanity. I wow, want to bring the sun in a safe way. That's a huge one. That's brilliant. Thank you. Yeah. And um, yeah, you've covered so much stuff for um, <laughs> for the general Joe blog who are not athletes and um, you know stuck in the office nine to five. But what what advice would you give them? Like how important oh, yeah. is laughter and exercise? Yeah. Look. Uh, you know, the most important thing is, uh, is making a change for your visible and invisible light. So if you've addressed food and exercise and you're in that paradigm and things just aren't moving, don't be discouraged because diet and exercise is not that important when you realize that visible and invisible light controls your entire biochemistry. So if all you have to do is the first thing, the thing that got me better straight after my chemo and during my chemo is uh, watching the sunrise. 
if you can only do one thing, no one, pretty much no one has an excuse. Uh, I met a few night shift workers last week and they sort of have a bit of a excuse there, but they're now going to quit their jobs, which is great. Um, but watching sunrise every single day for a consistent basis is the best way to optimize your sleep, regeneration, and all of your organs. So uh, if that's, there's only one thing you can take away, it's touch the earth, face east, watch the sunrise when you get up. Right. And on a personal level, what was your self-talk when you were going through that radiation and chemotherapy and when you had the cancer? Uh, for me, it was inquiring into myself what my purpose was here on Earth. And I, uh, I realized that um, life is worth living. Life is worth sharing. And I'm of no use to anyone or anything unless I have my help. So I dug deep and I decided to focus on always being well for the rest of my life and uh, avoiding any type of um, pay to play, any, any type of, uh, you know, always looking at all the other alternatives before I buy a supplement, before I do a detox, before I go to a practitioner, before I do any of that, I, I sit with myself in nature and I get clear on what I can do first for myself for free because health is free. And we have, we've had it stolen away from us by a lack of education and a, a world that we've been, has been put together uh, in a, a way that doesn't keep health as a paramount. So that was my self-talk. It was, I want to change the system, make it safe for everyone to enjoy and follow their passions. Uh, and creating an indoor lighting environment, visible and invisible, is, is like I said, one of my key things. And that's, that's where I came up with it when I was there. And so who are you good for if you haven't got your health? Exactly. Health is your best wealth. Exactly. And we're surrounded by it. We're in an abundance of wealth wherever we are, as long as you're outside. Exactly. Thank you. And um, do I, know, I believe you do a lot of um, work helping people through their negative programs and changing their mindset as well. Do you want to talk yeah. about that briefly? Yeah, look, I mean, that's a that's a deep topic and we, we could probably talk a whole hour about that. Um, but just to touch on it briefly, um, you know, we're, we're built with these programs and they get instilled in the first seven years of our life. And we go and uh, we're on record mode. So the things that we seemingly, uh, you know, seemingly insignificant when we're young actually shape the unconscious for the rest of our life and identifying what those are so that you can have a an ability to sit and be present in the moment and realize what's coming up and where that's coming from what belief that's coming from what program what worthiness level uh, is coming from is the aim we're trying to make that instead of living life out of defensiveness and reactiveness we're trying to make a point of going, okay, I understand myself to an extent. I want to understand myself more. Where's this coming from? How can I make myself safe so this doesn't come up again? And how do I move forward uh, in a loving way? And so that's where the self-work, the self-inquiry comes in. And 
unfortunately, most people have to be in a life or death situation to really get to a place where they're inspired to sit with themselves and learn about themselves. Um, but you have the choice now to sit with yourself, whatever your process is, if it's a visualization or a meditation or a mindfulness or listening to a, a beautiful song while you walk in nature or whatever it is, going for a swim, that was my meditation for a long time. And that, that process there allows you to, that stream of, of unconscious to come up to the surface and you can identify, you can identify it and, and find out a way to, to love it back into, into yourself and integrate it. Um, so, you know, and, and I don't want to get spiritual, but I mean, ultimately, you know, we are love and any decision that's made out of fear is a decision that's made from something you're not looking at. So, um, see what they are for you, see what, what those hard and fast beliefs are. And, and you know what, I'll give you a little task. So the thing I do every single year, I'm the CEO of my life. You're the CEO of your life. Your listeners, the CEO of their lives, write down your top 10 beliefs, the things you hold so strongly, like the sun comes up in the morning or food is uh, food is medicine R write those down and at the end of the year question them see if you still believe what they are and see if you can prove them wrong that's the scientific method see if you can continually better yourself and refine your beliefs so that you act from a beautiful space of truth inside yourself so that's a beautiful task i do every year Oh, wonderful. I'm definitely going to start writing that down when we hang up. And um, fingers crossed the listeners will too. And that's a great advice to you don't have to hit rock bottom. You can make the choice now. And um, I know you've written a book. Do you want to say about your book and who or what motivated you? Because I'm aware of the time. And I'm so grateful that you've given up your precious time today for this wonderful chat. Sure. Thanks, Beverly. Yeah. Look, the book is uh, called um, Journey from Chronic Disease to Optimal Health. And uh, I wrote it um, over the past five years. It took me a long time to get it to a place where I want it to be, um, where it's super inspirational. And um, it provides a, a, a methodology to, to move into your new life that is you that you're forming that you will leave behind vampires and uh, other things that are holding you back you'll cut the ties that bind and uh so hopefully through that experience of you know reading the book and i know a lot of people will flick through it like they do with most books and that's why i've put these little orange box sections in there which uh, are sort of like excerpts that you can flick through each chapter and if you want the jet lag prescription or the sleep optimization prescription or how to get your sex hormones optimized or how to have a healthy pregnancy, all these types of things. You can just flick from orange box to orange box and read those. Uh, it's heavily referenced, a lot of citations. Uh, it's mostly based around my story um, and all the things that I learned along the way, but it's unbelievably relevant for every person that listens. And there's a whole bunch of testimonials in there of people just like me who struggled with chronic disease, severe illnesses, very debilitating, and they use nature to get them better. So um, it's going to be available in all different forms at, at some point, uh, you know, electronic, and I may even do an audio book for it. So, um, but yeah, keep an eye out for it. It's going through its final stages of editing now, and uh, I've revised it a couple of times recently, but um, the real motivation of it was my dear friend, Jason Borden-Smith, who um, is one of my heroes. He passed away two years ago. I was his primary carer for that time in the last two weeks of his life. And 
yeah, it was, it was, he's a very inspirational man. If you can see anything, any of his videos on YouTube, he's, he's a hero of Australia. If anyone's interested, he, um, he got rid of all of the, the lead out of, uh, out of paint, uh, to create VOC, uh, no VOC paint, um, cause it lead was killing a lot of children. He cleaned up all of the Sydney beaches. So there weren't, wasn't sewage floating up and, and causing all types of infections and diseases. Runs the second biggest uh, environmental engineering company, JBS&G, um, which cleans up mine sites and wastage. And I met him in Mexico when I was living there. And uh, as soon as he met me and heard my story after five minutes, he said, you're writing a book and I'm going to help you. And uh, so that was my inspiration. Wow. Wow. Two inspirational minds together. That's um, wonderful. So I can't wait to read the book. And you are like a walking encyclopedia because you've done so many health degrees and you've experienced so much in your life and you've taken the time to look within and truly connect with who you are at a soul level and heal yourself. So, you know, you're walking proof that you can do it. We can all do it. And you're a shining example. So I'd like to end off by saying thank you for all you are and all you do for humanity and our world. And thank you once again for giving up your precious time. That's very kind of you, Beverly. And thank you for all that you do in sharing this message with your beautiful community. And yeah, I, I appreciate and honor you as well. Thank you.